without further ado, I would like to call up Mike. He's preaching tonight. Yeah, you can give him a hand. I like that. It's cool. I'm going to pray for Mike. If you can extend your hands to him. Father, thank you for this awesome man of God that's going to preach tonight. I pray, Father, that as he preaches, you'll anoint him. I pray that you will make our ears attentive to hear. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as he preaches, you'll shift things in our hearts, that your kingdom will come through his preaching tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Good evening. I'm so honored to be with you again. I love being with you guys. Thank you so much. Um, tonight, I'm going to have a little fun with the title. Um, I can't believe it. I'm actually kind of pleased that um, Pastor Gideon uh, asked me to preach, and he finally didn't make a big deal about where I'm from. I really thought you would do it. So I thought I might as well embrace it, Nay. And, um, you know, big on, oh, the Texan is here. The Texan is here. So uh, you've seen the old Westerns that say, wanted, dead, or alive. So the sermon tonight is wanted, dead and alive. And I made a play on the, um, the old Western, you know, posters there. <laughs> so there's your wanted poster. Wanted, dead, and alive. <laughs> if you're like, what on earth does this have to do with Romans 12, 2? <laughs> 12, 1 and 2. Well, I'm going to tell you in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> and hope we have a good time along the way. Because um, we're about to talk about life tonight. Um, I'm trying to remember, my brother, if you were in pre-service prayer with the worship team, because I'm so excited, because the Holy Ghost done preached the message through Matthew, um, said word for word where we're going. So I, just, I love when we're all on the same team, we hear from the same spirit. That's just glorious. Romans 12, 2 says this. Um, you've heard it a lot over the last six, seven weeks, Nick. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. I see some of you saying it with me. <laughs> but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how is it? I mean, you know, God never gives us a, a commandment without giving us the power to do it. So how is it that suddenly we're able to stop conforming to the pattern of this world? I don't know about you. Did anyone ever before they met Jesus try to stop something, some bad habit or something? And found out you had like, no, like it was over before you even started. <laughs> it was hopeless, right? How are we suddenly able to choose whether to conform, um, to go together with the surrounding form, or transform? How, what happened that suddenly we can do this? And I just want to take, as introduction, just a couple seconds and look at the Greek. And um, Dr. Joint is in the house. So, you know, if I get it wrong, he's going to sort me out later. See, y'all are covered. Y'all are protected. There's pastors all over the place. <laughs> But the Greek, the word conform there in the Greek, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, man. There's accented letters and, yeah, cis, yeah I'm not going to try it. But it's this big, long word that starts with an S and ends with a Z-O. <laughs> and it means, um, it means assuming a similar outward form by following the same pattern or mold of something else. And I think I have a photo up there. Oh, yes, you can, you can think of that's clay and that's a clay stamp. So the clay had a form, but something on the outside has come and impressed a different form and changed the clay. Some outside force has come and said, no, you're going to look like this. Or if you think old school, how many people used a credit card back in the days before you, you, know, you had a chip and you stuck it in? You know, none of y'all, nobody? Is anybody else with me? Come on, all right? So you, they had this little machine, and you put your credit card in there, and there's a perfect, yeah, and I look, oh, yeah, I remember that from, from the Jurassic ages, right? 
Right. You know, you had this piece of paper that you would put, and it was a perfectly fine, flat, normal piece of paper, you know? And then you put the credit card in there, and those, let, those numbers are still embossed, right? You put it on there, and then the guy goes, and it's like all violent, you know? You think of someone pulled a rifle out, and that paper is forever changed. Because some outside pattern, some outside mold has impressed itself on that paper. It's been changed by an outside force. And that's conform. But transform from the Greek is, however you pronounce it, we get our word metamorphosis from it today. (laughs) Right? And it's changing form according to an inner reality. A. Changing form according to an inner reality. So I can say it like this. It's an easy one. Con- to conform. And then we have the beautiful metamorphosis. Isn't that lovely? I love I'm looking for pictures on Google. I, I drew that. No. <laughs> conform is to identify someone's outward, to identify your outward expression according to outward stimuli or forces. You know, like um, what we love to preach about in the 90s was peer pressure. Oh, don't give in. But transform is to change form from the inside out according to a force that is at work within. But something happened that gave you the power to choose. See, that caterpillar has DNA inside of it. It doesn't just decide one day, maybe if I try real hard and flap my little one of my, you know, flap a couple of my 200 legs, maybe I could suddenly be a butterfly. You know, if I try really hard, maybe if I stop going to this place, you know, on Friday nights, and maybe if I stop reading this book and watching TVs, if I try really hard, maybe I can be a butterfly. That's not what happened. The DNA from birth is inside that caterpillar, and it becomes a butterfly according to what's already inside of it. And the punchline all the way at the end of the message, here's the punchline, God has put the DNA inside of you to transform and look more and more like Jesus. You don't try to change what you do. He changed who you are. And it gave you the power to change what you do. The transformation must come. It does come from the inside. So don't look outside of yourself. And when I first started coming to church and I first got born again, I thought, man, maybe I'll feel better about myself and not be such a jerk if I'll act like Kenny. Kenny's such a, some, there's some friends of mine from Sealy that I know who Kenny is. Kenny's such a great guy. I'll just try to act like Kenny. And that didn't work. Let me try to be like Scott. And I'm still trying to mold myself according to the credit card or the, or the stamp that's on the outside. And someone had to come later and say, no, 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 all the good that you need are inside of you and the change comes from the inside out so don't look outside of yourself look at the very life and the spirit of Christ that is inside of you so what happened to give me this power to do this and it's described several times in the New Testament I'm just going to read a couple of these and I chose not to put any scriptures on the screen because I know y'all are supposed to do that right we're supposed to put the scriptures on the screen (laughs) I want to encourage you Um, We're going to turn to one tonight, but the rest of them, just write them down or, you know, what's up them to somebody so you don't forget. Or if y'all a big Evernote user, anybody else a big Evernote user? And I'm like, yes, yes, everything in my life is remembered because of Evernote, you know. Um, So just write these down and look at them later. Look at them in your own Bible so that you can remember. But Ephesians 2 verses 1 and verse 5 
says, as for you. Now, this is what happened to give me the ability to choose, to transform instead of conform. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Thank you, Matthew. In which you used to live. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us, come on, say it, somebody, alive with Christ. Even when you were dead in your transgressions, it's by grace you have been saved. Colossians 2.13 it says, when you were dead in your sins, dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. It's all over the New Testament. But my favorite one, I'm going to ask you to turn here with me. Romans 6. So, you know, we did a survey this morning. It wasn't a scientific survey. We didn't get real numbers. But we decided it was about two to one. People would like old school Bibles, you know. with y'all remember like books that had pages that you could turn, you know? There was about, about a third of the people had those, and two-thirds of the people had electronic Bibles, you know? So um, either turn with me, please, or swipe with me, whatever your flavor is, right? Oh, oh sorry, scroll with me to um, Romans chapter 6. And I really, I want you to see this in your Bible, right? Write on it or highlight it or you know, tap it and put a, touch a little color thing, or, you know, how, however it works in the 21st century. But lay eyes on this stuff and in whatever language and whatever um, translation that you like. Um, but I'm going to read 14 verses, hey, because it preaches better than I do, the Word of God. So let's go. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Of course not. We are those who have died to sin. How could we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead. Now listen, it's good when you get baptized. The best part is that you come back out of the water. Right? Isn't that nice? It's not, you know? And that means something, right? When you come out of the water, it means something. Because Jesus didn't stay in the tomb, y'all. He rose from the dead. Just, ah, it's so good. <laughs> and just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Spoiler alert, that does not start in the book of Revelation in some kind of eschatological blah, blah, blah. That's now. Now. His life is for you now. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him now, not just in heaven someday. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen, Matthew? Dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. 
Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall not, and the Amplified says, by any means be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, wasn't that good? Yes, man, we can go home now, hey? Yes, the word of God. So we're going to look at this just a little bit tonight for a few minutes. And I want to tell you from this passage, i got bad news and good news, right? The bad news is first because the good news completely destroys the bad news. I'm talking like a cricket match where you lose by nine wickets. Can you lose? By, is that possible? Nine wickets or you lose by 500 runs. I might be talking nonsense because I don't know cricket, but I'm talking a bad, a bad destruction, you know? Like a rugby match where, you, where, the, where the team loses by like 10 or 15 tries. Like the, the ball never gets on their side. <laughs> you know, it's just, this is a destruction. The good news destroys the bad news. Well, let's have a look at the bad news. The bad news is sin, right? Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2.1, for you, as for you. You were dead in your transgressions and sin, which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's the devil. The spirit who's not working, all those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And like the rest, we were, we were objects deserving wrath. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's enough of the bad news. We could do a deeper study. I mean, it's there, but that's, that's enough. The bad news, it was really, really bad. Y'all with me? All right, so let's look at the good news. <laughs> the good news, part one, um, as delivered by Matthew during worship. <laughs> the good news, part one, we are dead to sin, right? And this is, this is not something like when you see in the movies where somebody gets real mad and says, you're dead to me, man, you're dead to me. <laughs> no, this is, no, this is a real thing. We are dead, literally dead to sin. We were in Romans 6 just now, verse 2 and 3. Do you remember? It says, we are those who died to sin. Don't you remember? We were baptized into Christ Jesus and therefore into his death. And verse 6 and 7, our old self was crucified with him. The body of sin done away with. We're no longer slaves to sin because whoever died, right, were crucified with Christ. Write this down in your Evernote. Read Galatians 2.20 tonight for your homework and memorize it. <laughs> right? So we, whoever's died is free from sin. Romans 6, 11, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin. I don't want to belabor this point any further, but it's really good news, isn't it? Free. I'm free. But I love that song, I'm free to run, I'm free to dance. It doesn't say, I am free from sin. I am free from cussing. I am free from doing other bad things. I am free. <laughs> it's not talking about the don'ts, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Right? We are dead to sin. That's part that's the good news part one. Please everybody say, I am dead to sin. Dead to sin. Just one more time, say it. I am dead to sin. Dead to sin. Yes, man, isn't the good news good? But man, that's like not even half of the good news. Because the good news part two is oh it's amazing. The good news part two, I am alive to God. Oh, my Lord, I'm alive to God. It's the best. Now, listen, did they ever tell you in driving lessons in South Africa? Because they do this in Texas. You know, when you're driving at night, don't look at the headlights. 
Did they tell you that? Don't look at the headlights because you go where you're looking. If you look at the headlights, you're going to have a head-on collision, right? It's going to be bad. Do they say that here? That's the thing they say in Texas. Don't look at the headlights. Look, don't look there. Look where you're going, right? <laughs> it's good advice. Don't look there. Maybe, maybe in Texas we're a little more challenged and we need help with basic things. <laughs> look where you're going. But if you're focused, the point of it is, if you're focused on the wrong thing, you're going to go to the wrong place. And too many believers are focused on avoiding sin. Oh, I can't do what I used to do anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to pick this up anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. Or they say, oh, I can't do that. Oh, the devil's been really fighting me with temptation. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Stop looking at don'ts and can'ts. And start looking at all these do's. Right? Um, we were looking in Romans 6, verse 4, that we too may live a new life. Man, let's spend the rest of our days exploring exactly what is this new life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief come to steal and kill and destroy, but I came to give you life, abundant life. And listen, when the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the God who created the universe and he's so big, he can hold the whole thing in his, in his hand and drop it in his eye and it won't make him blink. When that guy says abundant, Right? You know, we're not talking about an extra 20 rand. We're talking abundant. God says abundant. Let's spend the rest of our days exploring this life. Um, verse 10, the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Um, verse 13, offer yourselves to God. Right? Anyone thinking of Roman, of chapter 12, verse 1 now? Right? Offer yourselves to God. Now listen, I want to just make some statements here. Jesus didn't die for your sin, get buried, and then stay in a tomb. Right? There's more to it. Jesus didn't die and rise from the dead so he could pat you on the head and say, now you be a good boy and don't say any more cuss words. Come on, it's not about that. It's not about behaving. It's, not, it's so much more than that. It's so much bigger than that. Now, there, now there's, a, there's a thing that we misunderstand. He said, take up your cross every day. So people say, I need to die daily. I need to die daily. I got to die. I got to die to self. I got to die daily. Listen, the cross you took up is for the flesh right? It's for, it's for denying the self-life. It's a reminder that you're dead to sin. But if you over-focus on that, you're missing the point. You're missing the rest of the story. God doesn't want you dead. He wants you dead to sin and alive to Him. God wants you alive. He wants to enjoy you. He didn't want to say, now you stay on that cross. Because if you get off that cross, you're going to do something else stupid. No, that's not Him. He said, come on with me. Let's explore this adventure of life together. Let's do amazing things together. Let's change the world together. Come on, let's do this. I'm alive to God. I don't know about you, but I'm alive to God. Amen? John 14, 12. Let me misquote it for you. <laughs> Here's not Jesus, but this is what we act like. This he says. He did not say, whoever believes in me, let me tell you, that guy, he's going to go like months without sinning. 
He's going to be amazing. <laughs> he's going to go, man, that guy, he may even go a whole year without sinning. Is that what it says? Right? Does anybody, you know, swipe there quickly? Does it say that? <laughs> right? No, he said this. Listen, this is what Jesus said. John 14, 12. Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Now, come on, man. This isn't like, you know, like A.B. de Villiers saying this, you know, or Quentin DeCock. Oh, wow, man. I'm going to like hit 200s, you know, in international test matches. Uh, you know, oh, wow, cool. I'm going to do greater things. Man, this is Jesus talking. Rose the dead. Rose himself from the dead. Fed thousands of people by blessing a little loaf of bread. You know, someone went to pick and pay with like eight rand, and they come back with this little loaf of bread, and there's like 8,000 people. And Jesus fed them all with a little eight, eight rand pick and pay loaf of bread. You know what I'm saying? He did great things. And this is who looked at you in the eye and said, do you believe in me? You will do greater things than these. And that does not sound like be a good boy and don't sin to me. Does it sound that way to you? Come on, we're talking about being alive to God. And when Jesus said those words, they were not reserved for the, for, the, for the disciples that were with him. They were not reserved for some great hero of the faith. Pick, pick your poison, Billy Graham or, or whoever. That's not who they were for. It's for you. Look in the mirror. It's for you. Greater things than these. So listen, it's about life. Dead people don't do things. Right? Y'all ever been to a, to a, um, to a, to a graveyard? Man, it's not a vibe there at all. There's nothing happening, you know, because dead people don't do things. Living people do things. And people who are alive to God do great things. Is anybody here alive to God? And whether you feel like it or not, you're alive to God. I want to tell you two quick things about being alive to God. First thing, I'm alive to God. I'm awake, I'm free, and I'm available for his use. My every breath, my every moment is yours, God. Use my face, use my hands, use my eyes, use my work, use my finances, use my relationships, use everything, it's all yours. I'm all yours. You know what, God, as long as I get to breathe oxygen on this earth, as long as this heart is beating blood and these emotions are feeling and this mind is thinking, it's all available to you, God. It's all yours. Take it and do something great with it, God. It's all yours because I'm awake and I'm alive. I'm alive to God. Do you believe he can use you? To believe he can use your smile on your face? Do you believe he can use your mind that thinks and your emotions that feel? Because I believe it. And Jesus believed it. You know what? It don't matter if you believe it. If Jesus believed it, it's true. Isn't it? We might as well agree with Jesus now. Let's just agree with him and live like he said we could live. Let's do it. Second thing I want to tell you, alive to God. Do you even know what's inside of you? I don't know, somebody saw a picture, Poomsi saw a picture. They saw this rock. It's just a goofy, ugly old rock, you know? It's just a rock, right? A nonsense. And all of a sudden, she started seeing cracks develop on this rock. And then, and then, it, and then the stuff just fell away. And there's a blue flame inside of that thing. And that little old flame took that rock apart from the inside out. You know? And she's like, Lord, what on earth? 
And I'm going to tell you, I don't know, I, I can't speak for God why he tells you this, but I will tell you what he has put inside of you overpowers all the nonsense that your own choices and anybody else has stacked on you for years and years and years. It's bigger and it's greater. Y'all ever used to sing this song when you were young in church? This, um, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little cute little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, my Lord. Jesus was talking when he said that. And he said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And we're all, he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then the people looked at him like, what does that have to do with me? So then he's like, okay, let me say it like this. Even someone that has a light in their house, they don't like stick it under a bushel, you know. And everybody's listening, well, that's nonsense. And we sing today like that's normal. Because, you know, we've been hearing that for a few centuries. But when he said that, they are like, stick it under, what? That's nonsense. And Jesus is like, Exactly. <laughs> because the light is powerful, and one light in the house lights the whole thing for everybody. It's so that you not have some cute little light that you sing a nursery song about. Together, you're a city on a hill. Together, you guys blaze the night sky and destroy the darkness for miles around. That's what's inside of you. You by yourself in a house or in a building, just you destroy the darkness in that building. You chase that darkness out, just you by yourself. The whole atmosphere changes, not because just you, that was funny, not because just you, but because of what is inside of you, he that is in me. Does anybody else believe this? He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. So everywhere you go, it's not because you're something, but the something lives inside of you. And the darkness runs. It runs. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It dwells inside of you. You're participating, 2 Peter 1, you're participating in the very nature of God. The same Holy Spirit that turned the world upside down in one generation. Pick your favorite. Who are your faith heroes? Hudson Taylor, Ed Raybert, you know, Billy Graham. Who's, your, who's the guys you're like, oh, my God. The same Holy Spirit in those people is in you. There's no such thing as Jesus Jr. and the Holy Ghost light. It's the same thing. The same thing. He's inside of you. Put yourself in this list of names. The Apostle Paul, Stephen, Smith Wigglesworth, Ed Raybert, you. It's the same spirit as in those guys, as in you. It's not the little light. It's a nuclear bomb of the love and goodness of God. Nothing can withstand its power. Nothing can stand in its way. Nothing can smother it. So if you've been worried or focused about the wrong things, it's time to count yourself alive to God. If you've been living day to day, you know, paycheck to paycheck or day to day, let me just get through today. Let me just, it's time to count yourself 
alive to God. If you've been feeling less than and comparing yourself to someone else, stop it. It's time to count yourself alive to God. God made you this for somebody. God made you on purpose and he's not sorry. And he's waiting for you to enjoy you as much as he enjoys you. And he's proud of you. And he's looking you in the face and said, I made you. I like you. Get up here with me and let's enjoy you. And let's do some life together. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> Ooh, God loves you guys. <laughs> Come on, say it with me. I am alive to God. Come on. I am alive to God. Say it again. I am alive to God. Say it again. I am alive to God. Thank you, Jesus. So how can I choose this living, vibrant transformation of my mind? over the brain-dead conformity with the world around me. How do I do that? It's the DNA that's inside of me. You might not know this, but it's natural to you to choose, to choose transformation. Let's just walk in the Spirit. You got a new DNA. Write this in your Evernote or what's up it to your mama. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. <laughs> <laughs> You stop making me laugh. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. The old is gone. Whatever you're ashamed of, get over it, man. It's dead. Have a funeral. Move on. Let's, get, let's be alive together. Imagine 600 young adults that know exactly who is inside of them. And not ashamed anymore. And woeing all through northern Gauteng with the glory of God. Overpowering darkness everywhere we go. I get, yes, when I think about it. Come on, let's be alive to God together. I just want to quickly share with you what, that this, to do this passage justice, it is about baptism. Just want to quickly tell you, if you read through Romans 6 again and look at it in, in terms of water baptism, this is, a, this is a shameless commercial for water baptism, right? You ever watch a courtroom drama on TV and in, in the highlight, the climax, there's somebody sitting there and they say, Your Honor, I was there. And it was that man. I'm going to point at nobody. Sorry. It was that man. And I saw it and he did it. Do you ever see that? Like old cheesy TV, right? There's a legalese term for that. It's called a testimony, right? And the testimony just means I was there and I saw it. And this is what happened. Baptism is a testimony. Is I was there and I saw it. And here's what you're saying. Think about the act. When you get baptized, what? Here's water. Lots of it, right? Because sprinkling ain't, you know, don't work, right? <laughs> that just, it's the picture just doesn't compute, you know? There's lots of water. What do you do? You go in there, and then you go under. And then, thank you, Jesus, you come back out, right? And then you go all the way out of the water, right? And what does this point to? You're making a testimony. You're saying, according to, remember Galatians 2.20? I was crucified with Christ, and I died with him. And then I was buried under the water with him. I was there. I saw it. I was buried with him, right? And then Jesus rose from the dead, and I rose from the dead, right? I rose from the dead. Now, when, I'm going to ask you a question quickly. When Jesus come out of the grave, was there any sin on him? But was it your sin and my sin on him when he was crucified on the cross? 
Where did the sin go? Man, it stayed in hell where it belongs, <laughs> right? But he came up out of the grave without sin, and so did you. Because you were crucified with Christ and dead and buried with him and rose with him with no more sin on you anymore. Oh, but then you come all the way out of the water because Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. And if you check your Bible in Ephesians 2, 6, he has raised you up and seated you in heavenly places with the Father in Christ Jesus. Baptism is a testimony. And I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. If you've never been baptized in water, will you please speak to this amazing gentleman here? His name is Pastor Gideon. If you can't handle Afrikaans, you can call him Gideon, right? <laughs> speak to Pastor Gideon, please, as soon as possible. Like, like as soon as church is over, make a beeline. I hope, I hope the man can't get to greet anyone else because I hope there's believers all around him, right? If you've never given your life to Jesus at all, maybe you're attending church for whatever, you know, you're coming to church because you're raised coming to church. This place is hip, so you're coming. But if you've never, you know, looked Jesus in the eye figuratively and said, Jesus, you and me here, I believe who you say you are. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you're seated by the Father. And I want you to be my Lord. I just don't want to believe you and believe in you. You be my Lord. Listen, if you've never said that to Jesus, do it tonight, please. You know, because sitting in church don't make you Christian no more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. You got to get, you got to make it your own, right? You got to talk to Jesus. You got to make this real. If you've never done that, please, again, here he is. Form a big, long queue and let's, let's make Pastor Gideon work tonight. <laughs> All right. Amen.